Hey, Generation Church, we welcome you and invite you to encounter Jesus with us. We believe that through him, we will encounter love and discover our purpose. So take a seat, lean in, and let this message fortify your faith. I've been doing a series, I've started a series on the gifts of the Spirit. And, and I'm very excited about this series. And I know that it's something that is very important for the body of Christ because the gifts of the Spirit are, it really is what energizes a body when we come together. And, and the gifts, as it says in the scripture, are for the common good. So that means that it's for your good, your good, your good, my good. It's for everybody's good. And it's to build us up, is to strengthen us, is to encourage us. And when God's Spirit is presence, is here, the gifts are available for everyone. So it's just not for a select few. It's just not for the spiritually elite or the ones that have arrived and got all the faith. No, it's for everyone at all walks of life. And we got to understand that the gifts are, is what makes our, our gathering supernatural. Because if the gifts of the Spirit were not active... I mean, this would be no different than just, you know, a football game where we're having chips and dip, you know, we're just a gathering of people. But when we have God in our midst, who's all powerful, all knowing, all understanding, it, it, it makes our little gathering not just normal. It's actually supernatural. So I want to encourage you that I think that all of us are to have been given gifts by the Spirit, but all of us are to operate in those gifts. And it's okay to step out. And it's okay to think, well, I don't know if I really hit the mark on that one. Well, it is okay. This is to be a, a kind of like a schoolroom where we can all grow in our various gifts that the Holy Spirit has given us. Stepping out and knowing that... Uh, it's how we build up one another. It's how we encourage and strengthen one another. So in that, the, the nine gifts that are spoken of in 1 Corinthians, basically 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to read off the gifts. There's nine of them. But then what I've done is, is that I've taken them and put them in three different categories. So the first category we, we talked about last week which was, is, I would call the gift of revelation, which is a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge, and a discerning of spirits. We talked about that last week. So revelation gifts is what, and if you didn't, weren't here last week, I want you to listen to this on our podcast and you can hear the message, but you can kind of be encouraged and inspired that there are gifts available through the Holy Spirit that he's given them to us to operate in. So that was the first grouping. The second grouping that we're going to talk about, which is today, is called the power gifts. The power gifts I would categorize as faith, healing, and miracles. In these three giftings, we see the power of God displayed in our midst. And, and I don't know about you, but I like it that my God wins. I like it that my God has all power. 
I like it that my God is able to take a situation and can turn everything's or everything around for his glory and for my good. And there's a lot of times when we are in situations where I don't know about you, but I need God to show up. You know, and, and when my back is against the wall and I don't know what to do or where to go, I need the God of all power to manifest himself and show off. I need God to be real for me and that I'm not always second guessing. God, do you really know my name? I mean, do you know and understand my situation? Do you know that I'm really hurting? Do you know that I really need a breakthrough? And when God steps in and breaks through with power, it so energizes our faith and our walk with him. It it takes our level with God to a level where we're seeing a God of all miracles do miracle after miracle after miracle in our midst, in our midst. Kelly, I'm sure you've seen God's miracles in many ways show up for you. And see, you've got to think about it. I, I, I love the story of Elijah. You've got to think about it. The dude was really courageous. Standing there all alone, and he has, he's called upon all of the Baal prophets to come to the mountain for a showdown at the OK Corral. And basically, he's putting on display, and he's, he's making a determination that Let's see whose God will send fire and power, and we will now know who the one true God is. I mean, that was a big deal. I mean, you have all these Baal prophets that are trying to make Baal do something powerful, and he doesn't. And then Elijah says, okay, now it's my God's time. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God of of Yahweh the one true God. And he stands up and, and all of a sudden he, he took, took an action of faith. He put all everything on the altar, the, the heifer and then the wood and the water and everything. You know the story. And then God says, boom. And he releases the fire. The power is just manifested in the midst of everybody. And all of a sudden, all of Israel knows who the one true God is. And it's the God Yahweh and not any Baal God. So what I love about this aspect of God is that you and I all need at various moments in life power. We need the power of God to manifest for us to make it another day. Make it another day as we're walking through our situations. So in that, in 1 Corinthians 12, It says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the spirit for the common good. This is 1 Corinthians 12, 7. And for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit, another a word of knowledge according to the same spirit, another faith by the same spirit, another gifts of healing by the one spirit, and to another the effecting of miracles and to another prophecy and to another distinguishing of spirits and to another various kinds of tongues and another the interpretation of tongues. There's nine gifts there. 
And what I've done in the first one, revelation, is the word of wisdom, knowledge, and discerning of spirits. We've already covered that one. Today is the power gifts. And so in that, I want us to see that these gifts, which are, are, are faith, healing, and miracles, are something that we're going to experience in this church. We're going to experience these gifts in operation. And I'm going to tell you that they're not only available for us, they're also available for the world. They're also available for those that, that don't believe, that need a miracle, that need to see the power of God. And through that, they're like, who is your God? Well, his name is Jesus. And so in that, we're able to really help uh, evangelize the lost, but also we're able to equip and encourage each and every one here. So when we looked at the first gift in what I would call the power gifts is the gift of faith. And, and for me to even present the faith as a gift there's, there's several different forms of it that I just want to kind of unpack here for a moment and, and show you that there's different forms or different ways in which faith expresses itself. So the three main different forms of faith, first of all, is what I call faith to live by. Faith just to live out the Christian life here on this earth. Paul says, faith the just or the righteous, it says, shall live by faith. So I don't know about you, but faith is the ongoing element that enables me to keep my personal relationship intact and strong with Jesus. My faith believes that he rose from the grave, was buried, and is resurrected. And because of that glorious event that took place on the cross, I am saved. It is by faith that I am saved. So in that, it's the ability that motivates you and gives you direction for your whole Christian life is to have faith. I mean, it has faith. Faith has to be in operation with what Kelly is doing right now. Faith is the element that makes her normal making coffee day to day a supernatural experience because you're experiencing God in your midst doing things every day. And faith is really what keeps our head above the water. I mean, if we've lost our faith, we've lost everything. So there's an aspect of faith. We live our life by faith. That's what Paul talks about. The second one is the fruit of faith, which comes from Galatians 5. And basically, that's an aspect of your character, that you're faithful and you're true, that you're living your life out. You're faithful in the little things. You're first faithful in the little things so you can be entrusted with being faithful with a lot of things. So in that, that's another aspect of faith. But the one that I want to talk about today is the gift of faith. It's a supernatural faith. And, and it's a faith that you know, it's not on the human level. You know, we can't rationalize it. We can't figure it out. It's just, it's according to the sovereign will of God giving this gift of faith unto people to do and accomplish certain things through the power of the Holy Spirit. So this gift of faith is a supernatural impartation. 
And it's just a, a tiny portion of God's faith to accomplish something. He's given you a thimbleful of his faith to accomplish a certain task or, or to do a certain event on this earth that he is desired. So it really, in some ways, Jesus talks about the mustard seed of faith. It just takes, have you all seen a mustard seed? I mean, really. I mean, that little seed is a small thing. I mean, I was thinking about sticking one little mustard seed on some clear tape and giving it to everybody just so you could see what a mustard seed looks like. But it's a small little seed. And that is all the level of faith that you need to move a mountain. Why? Because it's not something that you generated. It's God's faith. It is God himself giving a little portion of himself to you. And in that, it just takes this little mustard seed of faith to do great exploits. So let's look at Mark 11, 12 through 14. Mark 11, 12 through 14. On the next day, when they had left Bethany, he became hungry. And seeing at a distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to see if perhaps he would find anything on it. And when he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. And he said to it, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples were listening. And then just a little later on in the chapter, we find out what happened when they passed by the fig tree the next day. So verse 20 through 23. And as they were passing by in the morning, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up, being reminded and Peter said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you cursed has withered. And Jesus answered, saying to them, have faith in God. Verse 23, truly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. So I want to point out just a little simple fact about this incident. First of all, Jim, Jesus simply spoke to the tree and he didn't do anything else. He just spoke, just spoke to the tree. And in that, we see that what faith does is that faith spoken through the word has the power to actually cause that fig tree to wither. So there's power in the spoken word of faith that was directed towards that tree. And then what he says is, have faith in God. Now, that sounds like we've got to generate a lot of faith to do the same thing, doesn't it? Have faith in God. Well, so are you going to have enough faith that when you walk out of this church today, you're going to go walk by a tree and you're going to tell it to wither and die? I, that's not exactly what it's saying. Let me explain. The English translation of the original in Greek, what it's actually saying is have the faith of God. Have the faith of God or have God's faith. So the gift of faith is God's faith. 
It's a tiny mustard seed of God's faith imparted at a given moment for a specific purpose. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? You're getting a sliver, a measure, a mustard seed of God's faith into your heart to accomplish a very huge endeavor. And in that, you're able to see God's supernatural power move on your behalf. So it's a supernatural faith. It's not human faith at a human level. It's a divine faith, supernaturally imparted by the Holy Spirit. It's a mustard seed of God's faith into your heart and into your life. And this is what a gift of faith is. When Jesus said, when you have that kind of faith, you can say to the mountain, be removed, be uprooted, and cast into the sea. And any situation that you have, when this level of faith is given to you by the Holy Spirit, you can speak into that situation, be uprooted, be removed, and get out of here. And so that is what energizes us to do things on a supernatural level. So whatever you say with that kind of faith, just as effective as if God is saying it himself. Do you understand that? You're stepping in as a conduit with God's faith, speaking God's word, just as if God is saying it. It's not you. It's God speaking through you to initiate and to move a mountain on your behalf. So it's not about the quantity of faith. So that's, that's really important because some of you feel like, I don't have enough faith to do that. I don't have enough faith to speak to a mountain or, or to speak to a tree or to speak to this situation. It's not about the quantity. It's about the quality. And all he's saying is that all you need is just a little tiny mustard seed size of God faith. And God's faith can do mighty things on your behalf. So it just takes a little bit to do a whole lot. So, and normally, the gift of faith in the New Testament is the gift that was also normally exercised in the casting out of spirits, of demons. And let me explain. It was normally a word spoken in faith that produced a result in someone else's life. For instance, let's look at the ministry of Jesus in Matthew 8, 16. When evening came, they were brought to him many who were demon-possessed. And he cast out the spirits with a word and healed all who were ill. And so when he confronted these evil spirits, he spoke to them the word of faith and the authority that he had in the spirit and the demons left. So it's the spoken word in faith, the authority that is in Jesus, and the demons left. There was no option. It was the power of God on display and the authority flowing through him and the spoken word of faith. So, and there's a number of situations, uh, cases in the New Testament, where a person's being raised from the dead, being brought back to life. And in almost every case, the gift of faith produced the result. For instance, Luke 7, 14, Jesus met, I mean, I, I love this. I mean, Jesus really knows how to 
uh, disrupt a funeral procession. I mean, I mean, they're mourning. Um, typically, they're carrying the caskets on their shoulders. That's tradition in in um, in Israel. You carry you carry the casket on your shoulder. So the procession is coming down the road. You have the casket, and Jesus said, "Hey, stop! Just just stop. It's okay. Stop." He stops the procession, and he walks over to the coffin, and he says this, Young man, I say to you, arise. And the dead man sat up and began to speak. And Jesus, what he did was he spoke a word of faith. Young man, I declare to you, arise. And all of a sudden, with that authority, life is breathed back into that little guy's body. And all of a sudden, hello, he sits up in front of the coffin. I mean, can you imagine? I mean, that was power on display. But at that moment, you better believe that he grabbed everyone's attention, that God is alive and God is able to do all things at any moment, any time. He brought the man back to life. Jesus spoke the word to Lazarus. Lazarus, come forth. He was way down in a cave, but the... the the spoken word of faith was spoken. Lazarus, come forth. He comes up out of the cave, bound up. He says, unwrap the guy. Come on. He's been down there a while. So they unwrap him. He's alive. There's a spoken word of faith that released a miracle through the mouth of Jesus. So almost every case where a person's being raised from the dead, the gift that produced that result is the gift of of faith. Okay? It is the gift of faith. Um, I, I had a situation where I, I was in a healing service with Dolores Winder, which is my, was my spiritual mother. And, and I was at a service one time when everyone in the room got healed. There wasn't a person that did not get healed. And it got to the point where she was having people come up and she wasn't praying with them all, but she wanted me to pray with some of them, some other people as well. And we're laying hands and everyone that we're praying for is getting healed. And the word was being spoken. Healing was being released. But I said, after the service, I asked Dolores, I said, Dolores, when you're operating, you know, in that moment, is, is it, do you have the gift of healing? Or is it a gift of miracles? Is it, but what's going on? Help me understand what gift is operating in you. And you know what she said to me? She said it was a gift of faith. And it was then flowing through healing. And it was healing everybody in the room. But she had faith to believe that everyone was going to get touched by the power of God and get healed. And I said, wow, the gift of faith is the door that opens up then the healing into the lives of everyone in that room. So I want to go on to the next of these power gifts, which is the gift of healing. And I want to say that in essence... Um, the healing gift is, is really the power of God being channeled 
through the one who ministers the gift into the body of the one who is sick. You are actually being a vessel for the healing power of God to flow through to touch those that are sick in a room. And I want to say that um, everybody, I believe, uh, can minister the gift of healing. Because when Jesus uh, ascended onto high, in, in, Matt, in Mark 16, you'll, say, you'll see where he says that for all those that believe, these signs shall follow. You'll cast out demons. You'll heal the sick. You'll raise the dead. So in that, all those who believe, call upon the name of the Lord, shall be able to minister in an area of healing. We all can step in that realm in faith. Now, there's also those that I believe that have the gift of healing. Now, let me explain the difference. I can get on a piano and I can play chopsticks. Dun, 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 dun. You know, I can play chopsticks. That's it. But I can play. I'm in the game. And then there's those that it, it, it's almost like from their womb, they get on the piano and don't even need to be taught. It's like they're, they're, they're like a prodigy. It's like when they play the piano, it's like heaven comes to earth. It is a gift that's been given that individual that plays the piano. So in that, we all can minister in healing. We all can pray for the sick. But there are those that are extraordinarily gifted with the gift of healing that they're going to see healing at, at levels that are, it's just uh, amazing. Absolutely amazing. So that's a little bit of a difference in, in that we can all minister healing, but there are those that will walk in a real authority in the gift of healing. So, so in that, healing is really directed towards sickness. Sickness in the body, and a soul can be sick too. But sickness is really the aspect that releases this gift so healing is God's divine supernatural power flowing through a human believer into the body of someone who is sick so that they might be healed. And we're coming against sickness and we're dealing with it. But what we're doing is that we're replacing it with health, with, with wholeness. We're replacing it with something that is going to restore that body back to perfect perfection. So um, I want to just give some examples of, from the ministry of Jesus that we can really look at how Jesus operated in a gift of healing. And because, you know, at the bottom line is this. Jesus probably spent half of his ministry healing the sick. Laying hands on the sick, casting out demons. That was half of his ministry of what he was doing to display the will of God in the midst of the people. And, and you know, I don't read anything in Scripture that says that uh, he ever ceased from doing the will of God. He continued to flow in that and minister the gospel to the point where 
The last thing he says, if you read in Mark 16, it says, heal the sick. So if it was important to him, and his last instruction to us is that I want you to be doing the same thing, don't you think that's important? It's important that we have to believe that we have the level, we have the the faith of God, the gift of God, and the ability to step out in obedience to God to lay hands on the sick and see them recover and heal. And it's not to be a big show. It's not to be a big, you know, let's just have our, you know, big tent meeting kind of thing. This is to be normal life. This is to be about our everyday life. I, I mean, I don't know about you, but does anyone ever kind of feel like you're coming down with a cold? I mean, we all are, are battling with sickness all around us right now. And the reality is, is that we need to see the power of God manifest in our lives. Now, sometimes it's not instantaneous. And I want to explain that. Because when we look at Luke 4, 40, this is a description of the ministry of Jesus when it comes to healing. Look at this, verse 40. And while the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and laying his hands on each of them, he was healing them. And it's a significant fact that Jesus never turned away anybody that was sick. Never. Anybody that came to him for healing, he healed everyone. He never, you never hear recorded in the scriptures. He never said, your sickness is, is too severe. <laughs> Ooh, it's a biggie. I can't handle that one. He, he never says, it's not the will of God for me to heal you. I'm sorry. Never. There's nothing that disqualifies you from receiving healing from Jesus. And he's the same today as yesterday as forever. He's he's the same. He doesn't change. He has plan A. He doesn't have a plan B. His plan A is that I'm going to continue healing on this earth through my disciples, through my people. And in that, he laid his hands on the sick and the power of God flowed from the hands of Jesus into these bodies of people that were sick. And he drove out the sickness and he replaced it with health. So there was this healing power that was emanating through Jesus from his body to another body and people were being healed. So we look at this uh, in Mark 5, 24. Let's look at this. I love this story because this really shows how the virtue, the healing power of Jesus flowed through him and touched somebody else. It says uh, in Mark, uh, verse 24 of Mark 5, it says, And a large crowd was following him, pressing in on him, and women who had a hemorrhage for 12 years and had endured much at the hands of many physicians, had spent all that she had and was not helped at all but rather had grown worse. After hearing about Jesus, she came up in the crowd behind him and touched his cloak. For she thought, if I just touch his garments, I will get well. And immediately the flow of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body 
that she was healed of her affliction. And immediately Jesus, perceiving in himself that the power proceeding from him had gone forth, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my garments? In another version, you'll read, it says, Who touched me? Does somebody have that in their version, their translation? Who touched me? So what I want you to see is that though this woman touched the garments of Jesus, she was really touching Jesus. If I can just touch him, that I'll be made well. And his disciples said to him, you see the crowd pressing in on you and you say, who touched me? Come on, Jesus. Hundreds of people around him. And he looked around to see the woman who had done this. But the woman, fearing and trembling, aware of what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. There are certain things I want you to see here. First of all, as I've already said at certain times, the the supernatural power of God emanated through Jesus and was touching people all around him. And in a certain sense, his power was available right then to heal everyone that was around him. But there was only one that was healed. There was only one that was touched by him. Why? It's because her personal faith in Jesus. She said, if I can only touch him, I'll be healed. She actually put actions to her faith before the miracle was released of her healing that went into her body. There has to be an element of our faith that believes that Jesus wants to heal us. We have to believe that he's available. We have to believe that he's all-powerful. So in that, her faith released this healing virtue. And secondly, there was a manifest change in her, in her own body. She felt the change on the inside. She knew that she was touched by God's power. I, I recently uh, had the privilege of, of going to, the, uh, to Matt's birthday party and he had it outside and it was in the evening time and it was cold and you know there are people there playing basketball and they were having a good time and and y'all know when you feel like the flu is coming on you it feels like a freight train you know you feel it coming on you I felt a sickness coming on me and I said not today Satan I said I am not going to stand for this and I, I, looked at, I looked at Matt, and I said, Matt, I'm going to go home, and I'm just going to go rest, and I'm going to get well. And I got home that night, and I, I spent time with the Lord. And I said, Lord Jesus, I ask you now just to touch my body and heal me. And I, I rebuke this sickness. I stand against it in the name of Jesus, and I now receive my healing by faith. I felt him touch me. And you know when you've been touched. You know when you've been touched by that finger of God. And he touched my body. And I knew when I went to bed that night, I said, I'm going to be well. I'm healed. And I woke up the next morning. And next morning was Sunday, was it not? And I was here. And y'all didn't know it, but I had a real battle the night before. But I stood up here that Sunday speaking on the first grouping of gifts of the Spirit, which is the word of wisdom, word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. 
And I was able to do it because I experienced, he touched me. You guys don't know it, but he touched me. And I was healed. I was restored. My body is better. And I can say to you all, he still heals our bodies. He still touches us. And some of you need to have your faith be built up to stand and believe once again that God still heals. He still restores bodies. In Luke 5.17, it says that one day he was teaching and there were some Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting there who had come from every village of Galilee and Judea and from Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present for him to perform healing. So you see here, there's a supernatural power of God that can actually permeate a place. God's presence was there to heal. And he healed. There was a man that was standing right here. We had a men's meeting in our church and he had bladder cancer. He was diagnosed with bladder cancer. It was serious. And I remember we had several men just standing around him and we laid our hands on him And we spoke healing over his body. The presence of the Lord was so present. I knew he was healed. The next week, he went to the doctor. He said, I can't explain this. You don't have cancer in your bladder anymore. I don't know what happened. Well, I know what happened. On that day when we prayed the prayer of faith and we we prayed for him to be healed, God healed his body and restored him perfectly. So God's spirit can energize and charge a very place. God's presence is here. I'm just going to declare here to heal. He's in this place. You might not see it. You might not feel it. But I believe it. I believe his presence is here to heal. This house will be known as a house of healing. This house will be known as a place where the power of God is released. I, I, Dolores Winder, who was here, and she, as you all don't fully understand her story, she flowed in, in miracles, signs, and wonders for 40 years. And we were up in that upper room, and her last day that she was here, she prayed that her mantle would be released over this church. And the mantle that she flowed in was the mantle that was on Catherine Kuhlman that flowed in many miracles. So... I want you to know that God's healing presence is here to heal the sick, to restore people's souls. He's come here to bring healing in our very midst. So in that, God can, his healing presence is a distinct characteristic of the ministry of Jesus. Now, I want to just, I want to, I want to slide right into miracles now. Y'all like miracles? Come on now. You know, I mean, Catherine Kuhlman would walk out in her services and she would say, I believe in miracles. You know, I mean, she was just declaring it. It was going to happen. So come on. If, if y'all like miracles, just lift up your hand. So, I mean, we all, we all need, we, you know, that's when we like to see God show up and show off. Do a miracle that no one can refute. No one can say, oh, that wasn't God. Yeah, right. So, but healing and miracles are really closely related. Um, But they're also distinct. Um, 
I, I want to just point out some differences. Healings, a lot of times, can be gradual. And a lot of times, um, you know, it can be like a gradual healing of somebody that has had emphysema. Um, and where it might take hours, it might take days, it might take weeks, it might take a month. But a lot of times healings are gradual. And, and a lot of times they're invisible. Because, you know, a lot of times they're happening on the inside of the body. You don't see it on the inside of your body. It's invisible. So they're gradual and they're invisible. Where miracles, on the other hand, are normally very visible. You just know a miracle took place when you see it. And, and the result of it um, is that a lot of times that with miracles, not only are they visible, but they're instantaneous. It's Shazam. Yeah. Woo! It just happened. There's a miracle that just happened in our place. So we understand that healings are gradual and are often invisible. Miracles are normally visible but frequently they're instantaneous. He just shows up, and it's a miracle in your midst. So, but the gifts of the Spirit, you know, they're kind of like the colors of a rainbow. It's kind of like, you know, how red kind of blends into orange, and then orange kind of blends into yellow. It's just kind of a gradual blending of the shading of the colors, but all those colors are distinct. But there's, when you get to orange, and when you get to red to orange, there's a distinct fading into it. So it's kind of like that's how a miracle will flow into a healing. A healing will flow into the gifts of faith. And that's how they all work. But it's all a beautiful tapestry of the greatness of our God. So it's not like you just say, oh, all right, that's a healing. All right, that's a miracle. It, no, it's, it's, God is so, I mean, he, he can do anything he wants, you know? He can flow in any way he wants. But, but the gifts of the Spirit are kind of like the colors of the rainbow. They're distinct colors, yet they fade off and one into another. So in that, I want to give you an example of, a, of physical conditions that would require a miracle. Um, Dolores Winder... Um, who's very, was very dear to me. She passed away um, about five years ago. But Dolores Winder had osteoporosis in her body um, so bad that when, when she went to open up a door, that literally when she would turn the key, the bones in her finger would break because she had osteoporosis at such a level that her body was deteriorating. She had four spinal fusions where her spine broke in half and they had to fuse it back together. And her whole skeletal structure was, she had a body cast from here to here. She, and, and so of these 17 years, uh, that's how many years she wore a full body cast. And then there was a couple of years where she didn't. But in that, her body was breaking down and and the doctors perform a procedure. They don't do it anymore because it's, it's actually very, in some ways, barbaric. But it's called a percutaneous chordotomy. And what you have to have three doctors sign off on it. And you have, they have to say that 
that person is terminally ill. She's not going to live. So they only perform the procedure on terminally ill patients. What they do is they make an, an incision at the base of the brain and they burn all your nerve endings so you can't feel from, from your neck down. So she couldn't feel in her whole body. And once you burn all the nerve endings in your body, it's irreversible. You can't change it. It's, it's over with when you burn that. Well, she came into, they brought her into a Catherine Kuhlman conference and the fire of God fell upon her and then she ended up going up and Catherine Kuhlman prayed for her and she was healed instantly and she could feel in her whole body, took off her body cast and was running up and down the stage and back and forth. And for her to have full healing after having a percutaneous chordotomy is a miracle. You can't, you can't refute that. I mean, she, has her, she had her, all of her medical records saying that she was terminally ill, and in that, God showed up, and a miracle happened. So, so the working of miracles is that it often takes a specific, but, but for, the, for a miracle to be released, I want you to understand this. There needs to be an action done that releases the miracle. For her, her action was she had to basically, well, she had to basically uh, take off her body cast. She had to get up out of her wheel. She had to take action that released the miracle. Okay, there was a part of her that had to basically be um, a willing participant in this wonderful miracle that took place. So, uh, so with faith, what it requires, you know, the principle here is that faith without works is dead, okay? So the, in, in to release the miracle, there has to be an action of faith that basically releases the fullness of the miracle that he wants you to have. So like, for instance, in the ministry of Jesus, John 9, verses 1 through 3, as he passed by, he saw a blind man from birth. And his disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents? that he would be born blind. And Jesus answered, it was neither that, it, that this man sinned nor his parents, but it was so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And when he had said this, he spat on the ground and made clay out of the, uh, of the, made clay of the spittle and applied the clay to his eyes. Yuck. I mean, come on. And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is translated sent. So he went away and he washed and he came back seen. Um, now, that's a bona fide miracle because you have an individual that this isn't just a healing. His, it's, it's not like his, he, his eyes were healed. This is a bona fide miracle because you got to realize that he is not seen from birth. So there's a good chance that he had empty sockets, Okay. He didn't have the eye structure that you and I have. So what does Jesus do? He does something very unusual. He sat on the ground, he made clay, and he smeared the clay on the place where the man's eyes should have been and told him to go and wash in the certain pool. So in faith and obedience, the man washed. That was the action. He stepped out. I said, okay, I know this is, this really seems weird, Mud in my eye, and I can't see, but I'm going to go wash in the pool. So he took action. It took a lot for that guy to do that. 
And, and as an act of obedience, the miracle working power of God was released through the clay on the eyes and his eyesight came to him. You might ask, well, why did Jesus do something so unusual? You, you got to think about it. Can you imagine? I, I love this about God. God is the creator. How were you created? You were created out of clay, out of dirt. What did he do? He takes a part of creation and he, he grabs the dirt, spits in the dirt, sticks it in his eye, and then he speaks forth the, the declaration of, uh, in faith of who he is. And basically, I love what Jesus is doing. He's basically putting on notice everybody, hey, the creator is here again. And I'm here to create him just like I created you. And he created the eyes through mud, material. But the creator stepped into the scene and manifested a miracle by creating eyes in, that, in those eye sockets. Now, that is incredible because everybody knew that guy was blind from a, from a child. And in that, God just stepped up and, and, and showed off. But the gift of faith is what the catalyst was that, that releases the gift of healing and the gift of miracles. But in that, it, it was all performed by an action. The action released the miracle working power of God. The man was commanded to go. Go wash your eyes in the pool of Siloam. And that's when the miracle was released. You know, a lot of times I've learned from a personal experience that it takes a specific act to release God's miracle power. You know, when we are here like on a Sunday today and we say to everyone, you know, if, if I were to say the Lord is present to heal... And anyone that is here that has a sickness, I want you to come forward and receive your healing. You know, it takes a lot to get out of your seat and start walking up here, take action, and to stand here and ask the Lord to heal you of a certain ailment. But that little action of faith is what releases the power of God in your life to meet your need. It's a principle. Faith without works is dead. There has to be an action to you releasing the miracle, the healing, whatever you need in your life. It's the catalyst. And some of you maybe even have done that and you've not seen the results in your life. Do you know, every time you ask the Lord for something, do you know that he hears you? If you ask him for healing, he's not going to give you, as it said, like a loaf of bread. Well, that's not what I wanted. He's not going to give you what you don't need. If you ask for it, he says, ask and you shall receive. So sometimes our healing, because it's not instantaneous, we think, well, that didn't work. But every time we speak in faith the word of God and we say, Lord, 
I ask now that you be healed. If someone lays hands on you and prays for you, that you be healed. Guess what? You're healed. Your healing is just in process. And you, you can't give up. You can't give up that you haven't yet seen the full manifestation of it yet. So stay in the saddle. Don't give up. Don't lose hope. I mean, God is so for us. And if half of his ministry was bringing healing with, and miracles and, and deliverance of people, if that's what he did and that's what he instructed us to do, don't you think that he can do it still right now? When Jesus says, if two or more gathered in my name, I am there in your midst. Guess what? He's here. The healer is here. The miracle worker is here. So we need to stand, believe in faith that, God, you can meet my every need right now. If you need a financial miracle, God can provide a financial miracle. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. All he's got to do is say, all right, just let some of them cows, you know, run on down the hill, go down to the people. You know, I'll give them what they need. God's power is available. And I want us to be a people of faith and believing that the gifts that I'm talking about in these categories are available for us today. And I don't want us to ever think, well, you know, that's just really for the spiritually strong or elite or those that really got the faith. No, I'm, listen, it just takes a mustard seed of God's faith, not your faith. Because faith is a gift from God. He's just saying, I want you just to have some of my faith and then apply my faith to your situation. Let's see what happens. Okay? So that's why a lot of people get caught up in, oh, I don't have enough faith for healing. You're not even thinking correctly because it has nothing to do with your faith. You're just basically to receive his faith. And if you just get a thimbleful, that's enough. When you stand in that, you're going to see God's power released. Amen? So let's all stand. Aren't you guys excited that God is all powerful? Aren't you glad that our God wins? Aren't you glad that our God always comes through for us and is faithful and true? God is here and he's present. And I want to encourage you all today that the best days are ahead for this church. You know, you want to have a fun party? Then have God show up in power. That makes a party fun. That makes it one where everyone, everybody wants to be where God is, where his power is. So we just stand in faith and we believe that God is present here in each of our lives for the common good, for everyone here to be built up and encouraged in the faith. So let's pray. Father, I'm asking now in faith. And Lord, we thank you for your word because your word cannot fail. And God, as you did it yesterday, you're going to do it today and forever. And you're a God that cannot change. So Lord, we thank you and we praise you that you are here, your presence. And I thank you, Lord, that your power is available to us. So Father, I'm asking now in the name of Jesus, through the power of your Holy Spirit, 
that you would release the gift of faith in the hearts of your people. I'm asking, Lord Jesus, that you would give each and every one a mustard seed of your faith that, Lord, we might grow up into the fullness of God, seeing you displayed in power on our behalfs. So, God, I thank you and I praise you for that mustard seed of faith that you're giving to each and every one in this room. And I thank you, God, that it's your faith that we're going to operate in. It's not something that we have to generate. And I thank you, God, that you're present here to heal. You are present here for miracles. In faith to see the fullness of everything be completed that is your will. So, Father, I thank you for this church. And I'm asking now, God, that your presence would come and anoint this time mightily. And Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would just move upon each and every one here and that, Lord, we would have the faith to believe, that we would have faith in God. So, Lord, I thank you and I praise you. And I just, you know, it's not a matter of of the right moment. It's really a faith moment. If you have a need, then basically, you know, I want you to get prayer. So if you have something physically going on with your body right now, if you need a, a let's just even say a financial miracle, or you need God to move in power on your behalf in a certain situation, I, really, I want you to come forward. And I want you to, remember, you got to take action. You got you to step out. You got to move your feet. You got to do something that's telling God, God, I really do believe that if I can just touch you with the faith you've given me, that I'm going to see my miracle. So if anyone needs prayer for any area, I want you just to come forward, and I want us just to pray for you, and we're going to believe God for a mighty move of his spirit. So where's your level of faith? So, Father, I thank you so much for this church, and I'm asking God that your presence would come mightily in our midst. I thank you for the anointing that is here to break the yoke, the anointing that is here to make a change. I'm asking God right now for your your spirit to move in our midst. And, Father, I thank you for this church, and I pray, Lord, you would bless and keep each and every one. And that, God, you would make your face shine upon them. Be gracious to them. Lift up your countenance and give them your peace. And I thank you for that in Jesus' name.